Georgia Governor Brian Kemp is set to make an economic announcement in Bryan County on Friday. An HBCU files a complaint to the U.S. Department of Justice against the Liberty County Sheriff's Office and the Savannah Ghost Pirates have their first head coach. I've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm Digital Anchor Jake Wallace. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp will be in southeast Georgia on Friday, May 19th to make what the governor's office is calling a, quote, special economic development announcement, end quote. Governor Kemp and his family will be joined by the Georgia Department of Economic Development Commissioner Pat Wilson and local and state officials for that announcement. WTOC will be at the media-only event on Friday afternoon and stream it live on WTOC.com and the WTOC app. We'll also have in-depth coverage throughout the day. Two weeks after the shooting death of a teenager in Savannah's Yamacraw Village, Savannah police are offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to an arrest in the case. 15-year-old Desiree Gilliard died after being shot during a fight at Yamacraw Village on Friday, May 6th. Savannah Police Chief Roy Minter announced the reward on Tuesday, May 17th, saying investigators haven't received the kinds of tips and information they anticipated in the case. That reward is in addition to the reward being offered by Crime Stoppers. Meanwhile, Gilliard's family is still trying to grasp the sudden loss of 15-year-old Desiree. WTOC's Alyssa Jackson spoke with her family and friends on Thursday, May 12th. A life taken too soon. That's what a family and the Yamacraw community are grieving tonight after 15-year-old Desiree Gilliard was shot and killed in this area. Her mother, Detrea Gilliard, says she was late for her curfew and left her phone at home, so she knew something was wrong. I sat on a bench hoping she would show up to when I walked back. When I got to apartment 951, I saw her feet, and that's how I discovered her. Gilliard says she was hoping her daughter would just hold on a little longer. Because she was covered in blood, and she was not responsive, but she was still moving like she was still trying to fight. But she also had to make sure whoever did it wasn't coming back. Nobody really knew what happened. They didn't know if we were intended targets or if somebody would be after me next. A freshman at Groves High School, her mother says Desiree or Desi had a future that was taken away from her before she got started. She was a beautiful soul. She loved life. She loved people. She had the personality where she can get along with anybody. That's why Yamacross showed up for her. Kids, friends, and family to walk for Desiree. It was this child the other day. It could be you or another child tonight. Residents of Yamacross stopped and reflected where she was killed. These babies did not ask to come here. But God darn it, now that they're here, it's our job to take care of them. It's our job to protect them. Saying enough is enough. I'm hurt because I don't get to see this little bubbly baby no more. With the violence they see far too often. This broke my heart, bro. I swear to God, man, I gave it all up. You feel me? I gave it up. Delaware State University has filed a complaint with the United States Department of Justice against the Liberty County Sheriff's Office after deputies stopped and searched a bus carrying the university's women's lacrosse team in April. Here's Kyle Jordan with the latest from Thursday, May 19th. 
We have a WTOC update on the controversial stop and search of an out of town college lacrosse teams bus in Liberty County. The Liberty County Sheriff's Office is now facing a complaint accusing deputies of violating the civil rights of Delaware State University student athletes. A bus of the school's lacrosse team players was pulled over for driving in the left lane and their luggage was searched for drugs, but nothing was ever found. Now Delaware State University has sent a request to the U.S. Department of Justice asking to investigate the officer's conduct and the Liberty County Sheriff's Department's practices and procedures. We'll let you know how that complaint plays out. You can read that entire complaint in this story at our website. You'll find the link in the description of this podcast episode. The battle over short-term vacation rentals on Tybee Island continues as the city's planning commission is considering a change to the ordinance. WTOC's Mariah Congito found out what it could mean for folks on the island. Here's her story from Monday, May 16th. The biggest change in the proposal for this ordinance would mean that, or it's for those three residential zones, which that would mean that no STVRs would be allowed in those three zones. Now, of course, this has raised concern for some people out here, and that's why the Planning Commission is holding public meetings here starting tonight. City Councilman Monty Parks wrote the ordinance the Planning Commission is now reviewing. We've had people coming in for three days and then somebody else three days and somebody else three days. So you have a number of people who feel like they're surrounded by people they don't know. There are three residential zones, R1, R1B and R12. The ordinance says STVRs wouldn't be allowed in those zones. Now, if a home in the zone is already permitted as an STVR, it would fall under a category called non-conforming use. Once it's non-conforming, if it gets sold, then I don't think it's going to be permitted to just automatically operate. And that's pretty scary for somebody that's purchasing a home and planning to rent it out, use it some, rent it some, and if they don't have that ability, they might not purchase here. Jenny Rutherford with Jenny Rutherford Real Estate says this confuses a buyer and that if this ordinance passes, it could eventually put an end to vacation rentals. It's kind of becoming a thing of people saying that they want to choose who their neighbors are. They want to have residents next door, but only certain types of people can buy that. And that's a problem. Another part of the ordinance reads that if an STVR in one of the three zones fails to generate a certain amount of money for a three month period, it'll be considered abandoned and the permit would be taken away. That's discouraging homeowners from using their property for three months or longer during the year. And that's really what they're encouraging is having people here more full time. Homeowner Don Clausen says most of his neighbors are STVRs and he loves that about where he lives. He says he doesn't want the city making any changes that could affect his property in the future. If I go to sell it, the market for who I'm selling it to, if that's limited to people who can't use it as a rental, this costs me a whole bunch of money. Magruder with the Planning Commission says this ordinance excludes several areas of the island. There's plenty of spaces in the commercial areas and in the R2 sections to have STVRs. And while the Planning Commission looks over this proposed ordinance, the moratorium on the STVRs is still in place and it's supposed to be in place until August 31st. Savannah's new pro hockey team has its head coach and its NHL affiliate. The Savannah Ghost Pirates introduced Rick Bennett as the franchise's first ever head coach on Thursday, May 19th. 
Bennett spent 11 years as the head coach at Union College, leading the Dutchman to 192 wins, three conference championships, a pair of NCAA Frozen Four appearances, and a national title in 2014. This will be Bennett's first time as a head coach in the professional ranks. Here's Bennett on taking over a fledgling franchise. I, I stand in front of you humbled, and it's, it's kind of nice to be uh, the first coach of an expansion team because you kind of start from ground zero, and you're looking forward to get started. The team also announced on Thursday the Ghost Pirates will be the AA affiliate for the National Hockey League's Vegas Golden Knights. One of the NHL's newest franchises, the Golden Knights began play in 2017, reaching the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season and making the playoffs in five of the six seasons of their existence. Here's Ghost Pirates team president Bob Arablo on the affiliation. When we uh, were electing who was going to be our NHL partner, we wanted a team that really builds well from from uh, you know the young kids up and uh, Vegas was on top of our list so when we were able to get a deal and put it together uh, I was the happiest guy in the world I knew this is the team that we need to be with the ghost pirates will drop the puck for the first time in franchise history in October and play their first home game ever on November 5th you can get the latest news weather and sports updates every night on the news and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.